We are continuing through our sermon series, our summer sermon series, What If It's a Long Trip? That wonderful question one of our children, Maggie Seaman, asked during the children's moment back on March 22nd, as, and seems so perfectly fitting to consider, what if it's a long trip? What if it's a long season of life, this pandemic reality? What if it's a long trip, this challenge before us, this call before us? What if it's a long trip, a long road? And so we're considering different scriptures uh, each week that help us consider what if the journey's long and, and what does it look like for God to be faithful in the midst of that, for God to equip in the midst of that? What does it look like for God's hope to be made known in the midst of that? As we explored um, with Bill Poe in a central way last week, you heard the Exodus 1 passage where there's this impossible situation of slavery only getting worse, and yet you get these two Hebrew midwives, these marginalized people on the side of society, women at that in that society, and they are the ones through whom God is doing something powerful, even in the long road unto freedom. We turn now to the passage you heard during the children's moment, Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 32. Another word that speaks to those on the long journey. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and make nests in its branches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Some call it a parasite, some call it the green menace, some call it the foot-a-night vine. And I think its unofficial motto is the vine that ate the south. Do you know what, do you know what it is that I am referring to? Kudzu. I first really learned about kudzu when we were living in Atlanta about a decade ago since it grew, grew quite bountifully in our backyard. I know it is here in Texas, all over the south. Actually, I know in the Midwest, up the northeast. It's an ornamental vine brought from Japan to the U.S. in the late 19th century. And it's so difficult to thwart or to kill because it adapts to the worst conditions and it grows so rapidly. And of course, it damages or kills every plant in its way by, by smothering them under this layer of green or even trees. Kudzu will surround them, start breaking off the branches and, and even uproot them. Officially, it is categorized in the U.S. as an invasive weed. Hence, the reason so many in recent years have noted the parallel between the mustard seed in Jesus' time and the kudzu in our time. The mustard seed was a weed, and like kudzu, an invasive one that folks largely did not like. The mustard seed had a terrible reputation among farmers because though it would start so very small, before long it would, it would take over your whole field. If even one mustard seed took hold in your soil, you were in trouble if you were not extremely diligent. And here comes Jesus saying, you know what the kingdom of God is like? The kingdom of God's unbounded love, God's abundant mercy, God's generous justice. It's like an invasive weed. It's like a farmer who purposely plants this. 
starts imperceptibly small and then soon takes over the whole thing. And actually, Jesus goes further than that. You heard he speaks of the mustard seed growing into a tree, which is definitely an exaggeration. A mustard seed might grow into an eight or ten foot large shrub and certainly be able to take over a field. But, but each one the size of a tree wherein birds of the air could all find a nest upon branches... I mean, that, that's an exaggeration. That's, that's laying it on a bit thick. Until we realize, oh, Jesus is pulling from some very familiar imagery in the Hebrew Scriptures, but altering it in a pretty important way. Throughout the Old Testament, the cedar tree is a primary symbol for great empires. In fact, Israel itself is envisioned in the book of Ezekiel as a noble cedar planted by God and brought forth to such flourishing that birds of the air of every kind will find a home with their nests upon this cedar. Well, Jesus pulls that imagery of birds of the air nesting upon broad cedar branches, imagery he knows his listeners will pick up on because it is such a prominent promise in Scripture. But instead of saying, the kingdom of God is like a cedar tree, He replaces it with mustard seed, mustard shrub, really. Same promise, great size, room for all the birds, but totally different image. Why? Why replace the noble cedar with a pesky weed? Those of you who've ever had kudzu in your yard, you may have an idea as to the answer. In Atlanta, the kudzu, it wasn't actually in the technical portion of our backyard. Our Atlanta backyard was fenced in, in in just a beautiful space. The folks um, who had the house before us weren't planning on selling it um, or moving. And so just a year before they ended up needing to sell it, they had landscaped the backyard with beautiful precision. I'm not a green thumb at all. But our friends who would come by who had an interest in gardening or landscaping, all of them would remark, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. I mean, someone really knew what they were doing, and they would talk about how certain plants and flowers were next to certain types of trees and the way the the nourishment worked and the way the sunlight was so thoughtfully uh, coordinated with all of this. And then, of course, to keep it green and lovely, there was a somewhat extensive underground sprinkler system. Our yard ended at this back fence. Beyond that fence was a railroad track. And in between our back fence and that railroad track was about 100 feet of land. And this, even though it was basically unkept field that, that didn't belong to us, it actually belonged to the state of Georgia, I spent an incredible amount of time in that 100 feet of space because that is where the kudzu grew. And the reason I was in that back portion of land is because I could readily see that the kudzu was a threat to envelop our perfect yard. It was ceaseless in its growth. Jesus could have said the kingdom of God is like a cedar tree and underscored the great noble strength of God's kingdom. But Jesus knows mustard seed makes clear the way God's strength works. It starts small, but it's ever looming. It's always winding and curling and moving. It's growing, and it's a growing threat to any status quo that is not of God, in here or out there. 
I think sometimes we, we can see God as a wonderful person to have in our lives just on the other side of the backyard fence. And, and maybe we go over that fence on Sundays or if we have a really big drought and we need some living water or something really bad happens and, and we just need the refuge of that shade. We go to God when, when we need God. But otherwise, maybe we spend a lot of time organizing, manicuring, shaping, and ordering our, our yard and our lives and our society as we see fit. And Jesus says mustard seed destroys the carefully delineated life, essentially proclaiming, nope, God does not just hang out over here waiting for us. Mustard seed declares that the kingdom of God is a relentless, invasive weed growing toward the whole yard, the whole heart, the whole of society, uprooting even the largest of trees until God is the host of the entire ecosystem. Which is Jesus' goal, is it not? That every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus is host, Lord. In the Presbyterian Church, when, when people join as members, right, they answer that question, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? To say yes is an affirmation that yeah, Jesus is, is Lord, is the host, is the lead of, of my life, of our church. Implied in that yes is that there are certain things in my life, our life, that will necessarily be taken over or choked out so that we might be healed and rise to new life. Implied in that, yes, is that we're open to letting the mustard seed grow freely around everything, even some of the things we thought so beautiful and perfect, until we are a blanket of new creation. Implied in that, yes, is that we give up on maintaining some parts of the lawn we may love. Maybe we're fine that Jesus has grown over some areas of our lives in the church, but do not touch how we think about our money. Maybe we're fine with Jesus here and there, but do not touch the anger I like to nurse right now. Don't touch my right to be right with some growing call unto forgiveness. Don't press me about the enemies and praying for those I don't like, those who annoy me, those who upset me, those who are wrong. Which of our manicured lines might the kingdom of God be looking to grow upon? And what if some of the profound disruption we have known since mid-March, what if somewhere in all of that is a few strands of kudzu life? An irrepressible growth of grace, not moving upward and to the right so much as winding over and curling around and even uprooting. The mustard seed imagery is a savvy choice by Jesus because in one image he threatens every status quo that's not of God. And at the very same time, he comforts every wayward soul and every wayward situation. And the comfort aspect becomes clear when Jesus talks about how the birds of the air will, will nest upon the great large mustard tree when it's fully grown. We heard earlier that, that, that birds of the air imagery is found in the Old Testament it turns out that birds of the air uh, is not just a random image that says a whole bunch of people will nest in God's house. Birds of the air was a term used in Scripture used that described the Gentiles, people outside the fold of God, a secondary 
people, a lesser people. Jesus is promising that, that this weed will grow to such proportions that those Gentiles who flutter around without shade or home will have a home. The weed will not give up until the homeless have a home. At one point in my battle with kudzu, I discovered that since the area in which the kudzu was growing actually belonged to the state of Georgia, I could call them up and request that the state bring in a big bulldozer and clear the whole area between my backyard fence and the railroad tracks, just lay it fallow. Well, it took a number of phone calls and a few months, but eventually the state of Georgia showed up unannounced and began to bulldoze. But because they were unannounced, I was not present, which meant I was unable to tell them that they had actually not cleared the area behind my house. They had missed by one yard. They ended up doing a spectacular job bulldozing all of the shrubbery and kudzu in the area behind our next door neighbor's yard. Truly a pancake of total dirt over which they eventually sprayed something or another. Missed our area entirely. Well, my neighbors arrived back home later, and they had a vastly different view of reality from their back porch and window. Fortunately, they were incredibly gracious and understanding and even ended up using the new open space for grill outs and, and bonfires. And Well, a couple of years goes by um, after we've moved from our house and out of Atlanta. We go back to visit some friends in Atlanta, including our old neighbors. And I, I asked Philip, one of the two neighbors of that house, I said, How, how's that area behind your house that uh, got cleared? He goes, fighting the kudzu. The dirt barren, sprayed with whatever portion of land has what? He goes, yeah, the kudzu has returned. If you are gathered here today and fluttering, searching, transitioning with no landing spot in sight, if you are here today and your deepest cry is, How long, O Lord? If you are here today and you are in between jobs without prospects, if you are here today and everything looks great on the outside, but inside you are a mess with no groundedness, no anchoring direction or hope, or assurance. If you are here today and you are a bird of the air or you ache for the birds of the air who have not a nest, Jesus has a word. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Even when the ground is utterly fallow, with no evidence of growth, even when the tomb is closed for three days, unwieldy, Invasive grace of God persists and shall not be thwarted. God is relentless in making a home for the homeless. Uh, neither persecution nor pandemics, neither apathy nor political decisions, neither death nor divorce, 
No bulldozer of any strength or any tragedy can keep the love of God from continually reaching forth in life to you and to me and to all of creation. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. In fact, take a look at some of the fallow dirt that has been cause for distress for you, for us in recent days. Is there a bud of green anywhere? An invasive weed anywhere? Being able to answer that question is actually quite important for Jesus. Because Jesus, he ends this whole section of teaching in the Gospel of Matthew by asking his disciples this question. Have you understood all of this, what I've taught? And they answer him, yes. Yes, we get that your kingdom is like an invasive weed that is both a threat and a comfort. To those with their way, their order, their lines, their beauty, their reality, just as they want to have it inside here, outside there, in the church, your kingdom is a threat. You will grow over and choke out everything that is not of you until you are host. And yes, we get For the homeless, the searching, the broken, the seeking, the marginalized, for the birds of the air, your kingdom is ever persistent that they might have a home. Indeed, we get that if if the church is being faithful, then we too must foremost be about giving others a home. We, We have understood, yes, Jesus. And Jesus says to them then, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven, everyone who said yes, we get it, It is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. Jesus compares his followers, those who've said, yes, we get it, to the master of a household who's lived in that house so long that they're the person who knows where everything is when everything was first built. And so they're they're uniquely able to bring out the old stuff and talk about all the stories. And they're able to tell you about the newer stuff and tell you all about when this came along and what this means. They just know the house so well. Jesus is not simply asking, do you cognitively understand the parable, but but rather, can you, like the master of a house, knowingly point to where you see the truth growing? Can you point to those old familiar places of the heart, the church, society, the places that have always been like they've been? Can you point where new growth is weeding through? And what do you see? What do you name? And if you really understand, can you then, like the master of the household, point to the new? Can you point to the new arenas within and without where the, where the kingdom is weeding through and uprooting and taking over as host? Where are the homeless finding a home? What do you name? And then, of course, once we start to see it, We cannot help but do our part to water it, right? Because a church that gets this parable, not just here, but but here, a church that can really point out the the way the weed is growing and delight and what God is doing, that church eventually redirects its sprinklers. The water and time and effort we've been pouring into keeping up a portion of the lawn, it gets redirected to the ugly, unsightly, home-building kudzu of God. And that really is is the sum of it. You can tell if we, the church, have really understood the parable, if we, like the masters of the household, can point to its surprising growth, and then we have redirected the sprinklers 
accordingly.